So how, on God's gray earth, did this? You better find yourself a friend. And this Become this. You ever so silent when she wanted to talk, or couldn't keep quiet when she needed a podcast where we take a closer look at that one album that sticks out like a sore thumb in an artist's discography. Maybe their first album and maybe their worst album. Either way, it's that one album that the artist was so preoccupied with whether or not they could, they didn't stop to think if they should. This time on the panel we have... Logan Renard. And Matthew Marr. And my name is Scott Livingston, and since this is the third season, we will be discussing the album Three, alternately known as I, 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 (laughs) by Van Halen, uh, from 1990-something. Eight. 1998, yes. I have a hot take. This is the best Van Halen album I've ever listened to. It wasn't as bad as I was expecting or, or bracing for. So, okay. Always the, the first Van Halen question. Do you think it's Montrose or Chickenfoot? <laughs> oh, Chickenfoot. <laughs> yeah, Montrose for sure. <laughs> no, that's it. Uh, you're more of a David or a Sammy guy. Yeah. Well, well, here's, here's uh, my quick take on, on Van Halen three. The, uh, the, the album with their third lead singer, Gary Sharon, uh, formerly of... Extreme! Extreme, right. And uh, who had some, you know, a big hit. It had a big hit in the 90s, I believe. But, um, uh, or 80s. Um, but, um, um, uh, okay, so you, you have to address the elephant in the room, right? You, you got a new lead singer. You had a former lead singer, uh, Sammy Hagar, and then David Lee Roth. And... Uh, uh, all, all apologies to to people who really dig on on Van Hagar. Um, I I think it's atrocious. <laughs> it, it's it's uh, it's not you know it, it's kind of like you know it's it's similar I guess to to people who really think the the best version of of Black Sabbath was with um, 
Ronnie James Dio. Um, you know, it, it just wasn't for me. Yes. Right, right. And apparently it, it is, right? Uh, Van Hagar was for a lot of people. Um, you know, they certainly sold a lot of records, but whatever whatever was going on with Van Halen in the early days with the, the very, very kind of raucous, loud, um, guitar-driven sound got really polished and um, um, uh, uh, submerged in, in a sort of a, a pop production value. Right, that that happened under under Hagar, which which you know clearly sold a lot of records. So you know more power to him, um, but uh, but but um, you know when you, when you bring in Gary Sharon, I think there was optimism. Uh, at least it, it it appeared there was some optimism that oh here's an opportunity to return to the glory days. Right, and then he just sounds exactly like Sammy Sam right, Hagar. Right, exactly, and he, and he sounds so much like like Sammy Hagar, and and I never I never understood. Um, you, you know, I, I read a lot of um, uh, reviews of this album, and one of the things that that came comes out is lots of people talked about how Sammy's Sammy brought a sophistication to the lyrics, uh, as opposed to David. Right Rock. now, right, and, and it's like it, it's the exact opposite but as far as you know. You can't the have enough. Van Halen had an edge to it, uh, and and the current, you know, the the Sammy Hagar, it was all it was all. Um, it was all love or fast things, right? You know. Um, so what you're saying is Gary Sharon could easily drive under 55. Yeah. Uh-huh. Apparently, apparently, he drives a golf cart. Apparently, apparently this is the case. And and, and uh, you know, it, it, as far as singers go, he certainly is okay. It is bizarre that on at least at least. Well, I was going to say half. Is it half? But it's many of the tunes he does make an effort to sound as much like Sammy Hagar as possible, um, which which is odd. Yeah. Right. You know. Um, I mean, Sammy never tried to sound like Dave, for example. Uh, well, that was part of the excitement of getting a new lead singer. Is you know Hagar would refuse to do any of the Dave songs, so now they could finally do Panama live in concert again. And, yes. I'd like to say you can never have enough uh, sophistication in your sleazy rock and roll. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> and and but but I I think that that this this album I was very excited. I had never listened to it before before we decided to do this for the podcast. I was very excited to listen to it as a as a uh, Van Halen fan. You know, uh, as a teenager when those Van Halen al- albums came out, they were very uh, influential to me. I always I always really. Uh, enjoyed reading interviews with Edward Van Halen, um, who had this sort of stock fa- phrase that he always wanted to be different, um, and he even pronounced it like that, different. And he wanted to be different, and and uh, you know, and I, I always took that as as sort of an aesthetic principle for for guitar playing. You don't want to sound like other people. You want to be different, and and um, and, and this album um, isn't. Different enough. It's not different enough. There's, there's a. It's not different enough from from Sammy or or from David Lee Roth, and it's also not different enough for Van Halen. It's very stock. Yeah. Um, I I think it kind of goes to show you just how tired the seventies seventies butt rock thing has become because it, it it's it's just like the lamest of all aspects of of their career where, you know, the first couple of Van Halen records are awesome. And from what I understand, they were recorded pretty much. I mean, and this is with, with Dave, you know, singing, but 
those albums were recorded very live. Mm-hmm. I mean, I think the first Van Halen record was pretty much like set up in a room with the amps cranked up and and they, you know, laid shit down. Like really cool. I think that it really set them apart from a lot of other big production 70s rock and roll right. bands that Steel were getting again, into were like yeah. Yeah. yeah, like just slicing the tape up into so many pieces they were lucky to to mix it before it you know turned to dust and scotch tape you know um and so the fact that van halen was one of these bands that could like if you saw them live they could really do it live because that was them really doing it on the album without any frills um and this this seems more assembled but not into steely dan terror it's like they took the worst aspects of being able to you know if you're going to meticulously construct music well then meticulously construct something good good like i don't i don't know that there's maybe a better version of this where they could have just rocked it all out in in one room but but maybe not because you know you have eddie playing most of the bass on it and it just it, it feels like a fucking around in the studio kind of album which is antithetical to the 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 best parts of, of Van Halen. Well, it was called for a lot of people a Eddie Van Halen solo project in all but name. Yeah. So the real question is why didn't they pull like a Phil Collins and Genesis and just let Eddie sing it? He's got such a great voice. <laughs> I mean, he does sing one of the songs at the very end, and it's one of the best songs on the album. And it holds up too. It does. That one. Um. <laughs> All, all sarcasm aside, that's my favorite song of the album. Mine too, actually. Because it's different. It is definitely different. <laughs> and they, were, they were going for it. Yeah, yeah. That, that, well, and, and we should talk about the production a little bit too. Um, I mean, we will as we start listening to it. But, but um, um, it's, it's not good. <laughs> I mean, just, just sonically, it, it like, like I, had to, I had to check several times uh, to see if, if there was something wrong with my stereo. Um, it's, it's everything is kind of um, muted or, or muffled in some way. And, and the vocals are, are up and present, but everything else seems to be sort of tucked behind them. The um, production on this, I, you know, I'm a few years younger than you guys, so I was in high school when this came out. And I may have heard, well, it was, it was on the... The Lethal Weapon 4 uh, soundtrack. <laughs> this was around. I'm sure that I heard this on FM radio somewhere. But the production style of this is exceedingly 1998. Like, I just... Everything sounded like this. Um, well, we know who produced it, right? Dun-dun! Mike Post. <laughs> the guy behind the Hill Street Blues theme and the Law & Order theme and I think Doogie Hauser. And a bunch of other TV Yeah, and isn't, he, isn't he a buddy of Eddie Van Yeah, Van and he was just a neighbor. I think it was mostly, you know. Yeah, yeah. The same reason they poked, you know, they picked Sharon as... Um, uh, Rockford it, Files, I think. There you go, Rockford well, right. Files, yeah. So, so, so he, certainly, he certainly is capable to yeah. produce catchy... catchy but I think right Eddie picked tunes. him because he would do what Eddie told him. And I think that's... Eddie picked Sharon because yeah. he would do what Eddie told him. Eddie was and, watching a lot of Law and Order at yeah. the time. Michael Anthony Hall was not on the album because, yeah. well, because <laughs> well, he wouldn't do what Eddie told him. He wouldn't do what Eddie told him, and and that that, that well, and and uh, there there is um, you know, we don't have to go into this in a lot of detail. There is a lot of rumor 
right? You know, that, that the frictions that happened with the lead singers um, had more to do with, with Eddie than they did with the lead singers themselves. Um, yeah. But uh, that's, that's um, you know, kind of a, a rewriting of, of what the original narrative was, was that David Lee Roth was an asshole. But as the, uh, the, well, same, the same thing happens with Sammy. He Sam looks Ebrates. like an asshole, so it's <laughs> so, easy to believe. But, you know, right. it's one of those things where when your, your friend breaks up with his girlfriend and says oh she was crazy she was a bitch you're like oh poor yeah, guy. yeah you gotta go but like the third or fourth time his ex-girlfriend is a crazy bitch you have to sort of say maybe it's you dude maybe <laughs> yeah. it's you <laughs> well you know uh we're gonna talk about uh um michael anthony being Paul. on this you know being you know on three songs on this or whatever and uh as a as a bass player i i constantly you know have to put up with jokes about, uh, you know, shitty bass players playing nothing but eighth notes and stuff like that. And, uh, that's, you know, uh, Michael Anthony and Hall in, in, in early, <laughs> in early, uh, Van Halen records, uh, you know, frequently the, the butt of those jokes and, and, um, but he's fantastic. And one of the reasons, especially with, you know, diamond Dave in the band, is that he's like really the only one who's like laying it down. Like early Van Halen, the guitar playing is off the hook. The the drums are really busy and crazy. The lead singer is just nutty. And like if the bass playing was like similarly batshit crazy and noodly and all over the place, it would just sound like a total mess. Like you need something to anchor the chaos and that's that was really an important part of the early Van Halen formula was that if you had at least one person kind of mind in the shop, everybody else could go really, really crazy all the time. And, and you know, it really set them apart from other other bands. Was there um, any finger tapping on the bass? Because that's uh, really what Eddie should have done. I mean, He's a great, you know, Michael Anthony's a great bass player. He he can he does some stuff like that, but he like he does his job to to hold things down. As you get into Van Hagar, you lose that. Everything is positively unhinged except for this one guy desperately trying to make this music, you know. And, and I think that to me that's why Van Hagar kind of sucks. Um, and by this album, like you're definitely into it is just a bunch of noodly crap all going on at the same time. And you don't have anything really anchoring, you know, a, a gut bucket rock and roll shuffle or anything like that. That's, and well, that, or, that's, that was the, that's why Van Halen sounded so different when they were first on yeah. the scene is that you had this really solid, I mean, and, and Alex is responsible for that too. Like he's a really solid drummer, even though he's, you know, famous for, you know, flourishes and, and big, crazy drum intros and thing, you know, hot for teacher, which is a, you know, a, a, a pretty shameless a Billy Cobham ripoff. Um, and, uh, I, you know, this is just kind of noodly and all over the place. And that's why it sounds like an Eddie solo album. Well, and, and the, and, and tapping into the production angle as well is like the drums don't sound good. They sound Bad. They're they're not they sound bad right yeah. they're, not, they're not not up and present they're this not, is this is they're a not dude that showing off what what he can do most drummers could like hear one snare drum hit and be like Alex yeah yeah you know he's a very very signature thing both you know right and it doesn't it doesn't shine through feel on song, like. and and production and just just sound and you know a, a legendarily 
you know, singular yeah. drum And if, if this was if this was an Eddie solo album, you know, which 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 as you said, Scott, a lot of a lot of people have, you know, suggested that this is what this was. I want more. I want you know if it's going to be an Eddie Van Halen yeah, solo make it record, real crazy. I want, I want you know, I want his insane guitar playing all over this thing, and it's it's not even there. Yeah. Right. I mean, there there are some solos that are, you know, Fine. okay. Right. Right. They're 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 okay, but they're you can't hum them. You don't yeah. you don't walk you know you don't uh, walk no the park thinking it. about them. Right. Yeah. There's yeah. there's a there's just not a lot lot going on and and um as uh, you know our listeners can tell we're we're not terribly fond of this album but i i, I, I still stand by it it is the best van halen record i've ever what heard other van halen albums have you heard scott this is the best van halen record i've ever i listened to van weezer uh yesterday when it came out um wait what weezer put out a, a hair metal album called van weezer why <laughs> moving on why <laughs> well oh. no one knows but speaking I, of noodly guitar well, instrumentals well, one, one more quick thing I, I have to point out that one of my favorite bands of all time the Minutemen uh, made one of their best albums um, and, t- and titled it as a, a, a pretty deliberate diss on uh, Van Hagar so Aww. you know I'm, I'm biased okay well, this first song is a new age piece by Yanni called New World. We have to assume that's Edward playing the piano. Yes. And, and uh, some facsimile of an acoustic guitar yeah um it it sounds very uh really what they're known for uh uh, uh needed some you know, wind chimes gra- and rain gra- grand piano and uh, <laughs> and uh, uh, delicate uh, finger-picked but, but even guitar. then am, am i am i wrong in in saying this there there just seems to be like like uh it is it does sound like grand piano yeah but but it's um it doesn't sound like it was recorded that well it's probably mike post playing a you know, a synthetic grand piano or something. I don't know. Dude, the badass part's got to kick in any minute now. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah, definitely. This song is only like a minute 45. Luckily, you don't have to worry about any short songs on the rest of this album. The next track is the uh, lead single, Without You. wasn't the right choice. We should think about who would have been the right choice to sing this song. Anthony Kiedis, come on. That is that is give it away, give it away, give it away now vibes, definitely. Yeah, there, there's, there's sort of an attempt to be funky. Yeah, which is definitely what Van Halen's known for. They bring the funk. 
Yeah, they were so close to chicken foot uh, without even knowing it. Yeah, what is what is going on with this song? It, it it goes on for a very long time, six and a half minutes. And it didn't didn't this chart too? It like it was the first single, so people were excited about you know, hey, maybe Van Halen will be fun again. It's got some noodly Eddie pause. shit on it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. There's there's you know there's you know the burst. bass tone and playing sounds great. Although it sounds like I mean I've I've read that Eddie pretty much like forced you know. Uh, you know Michael Anthony to to, to play exactly what it, you know like those riffs yeah. don't sound like something that he would do play. yeah that he would do but it does sound like something that his boss made him do so but it, well executed but just man th- there's the there's the noodly high flying Eddie stuff but it it needs to be either clashing with something or or there needs to be like a lot more of it. There needs to be an, an onslaught of crazy guitar shit. It's not supposed to be like sprinkled three seconds here and there between the ballad. That's well, and it doesn't sound anything like the Harry Nilsson original. <laughs> I can't live if living is without you. Although the chorus is, you know, the verses are very funk driven, and the the chorus is. This sort of without you, sad, lonely. You it's know. six and a half minutes long, too. It's, yeah, it's basically four songs that sort of Frankenstein together. You know why this album was called Three? It's not because it was the third iteration of the band, but it's because if you take the length of Van Halen 1, which is about 35 minutes, and the length of Van Halen 2, which is about 30 minutes, and you combine them, you get 65 minutes, which is about <laughs> how long this album is. And still only has ten tracks. And, and, oh, and, this doesn't exist in the vinyl age, no, does it? This, no, this, it does uh, not. And you, you could, you could, uh, most of these songs you could cut in half, and you would, you would still yeah. have, you know. Yeah, no, there's only ten songs, and it's sixty-five minutes. And and uh, but but you know, and then and then lyrically, this song. Um, well, my my take on this album is I could not. You know, I must sound like an old man here, but um, I cannot make out the lyrics. I don't know what the hell he's singing. Um, I've I read the lyrics. I don't you don't want to know. know. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, like we'll get it. to another song later, and I have we'll have we'll play a little game with the lyrics. But you yeah. know, okay. also yeah, the drums suck on this. That's if out, only that's, Bob Ross could have pulled his Saint Anger yeah, magic on this no, they, one. They're, 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 I don't know if it's Eddie playing drums or if it's Alex on. You know, like I, again, a dude with a signature snare drum sound that is just. It's like they, they they forgot to unmute the track that had yes, the... Yes, yes, that's what it sounds you know. like. Look at my like a Question. Of all the men on here, I've got five of them. You gotta tell me which one isn't mentioned. The Boogeyman, the Candyman, the Muffin Man, the Piano Man, or the Pizza Man. Which one of those is not in the song? I'm going Muffin Man, because I think I would have. Pizza Man is in there. I know the Pizza Man. Yeah, Pizza Man, you just want a slice. Yes. 
should be like the pizza man. Yeah, it's, it's got to be the Muffin Man. It is the Muffin Man, but yes, we do have Boogie Man. Our second mention of the Candy Man on this podcast. There's the Piano Man. It's, uh, yeah. That would have been my second guess, the Piano Man. No, um, Piano Man in the mood for a melody. That's what he says. And then Strong Man. Yeah, he knows how to cry. Those uh-huh. are some deep lyrics, you know. Yeah, there's even getting Woman. Into Eddie's, Eddie's journal. <laughs> Oh my gosh, the, the lyrics are, this is why you don't want to hear them, right? Yeah. Black man, he looking for justice. White man, he just want to tan. <laughs> oh. So it's like as dumb oh, de- as oh, Dave, dear. but as pretentious <laughs> as Hagar. Wow. <laughs> oh dear. Yeah. Gay man, looking for another. You know, you know this is this is something else that, that I think, you know, like... <laughs> Like how do, how do we put Gary Sharon in ter- in terms of his poetic abilities, you know, compared to Hagar or or, or is uh, um, David Lee Roth, as you said, uh, you know, the thing is, is that that Roth always had always had an edge that, yeah. that Sammy didn't have, right? In his words, he said, you know, you know, um, uh, uh, Sammy sings about love, yes, right? Where Dave ain't talking about love, he sings about. Girls, <laughs> right? And, and, uh, and, uh, well, and you know, a lot of those, a lot Women. of those early Van Halen songs, they're 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 happy, like sounding songs, but they have this kind of dark undercurrent that makes them kind of interesting. Yeah, you know, like even like a, a song like Jump, right? Uh, you know, like I never figured this out until recently that he's talking about suicide. Um, you know, might as well jump, yeah. right? Right? You know, it's where, it, where it sounded a little more like a happy dance team, yeah. right? Right? And oh, and, uh, and jump in, da, 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 da. yeah, that that sort of um, poetic uh, uh, subtlety, yeah, uh, it was completely absent from you know uh, Sammy Hagar, wow. but but here it's like it's like he's trying, but he's just not capable. Well, and for those who are sick of the the uh, pretentiousness of Sammy. And we're hoping for someone more like Dave, getting the guy from Extreme, and all anyone knows of Extreme is that one cheesy power ballad more than words. So even though they were, you know, legitimate hair metal band, nobody thought of Gary Sharon as rocking. They thought of him as the guy in the black and white video with the acoustic guitar. So that's not helping. <laughs> right, with Nuno Bettencourt. Indeed. Like he's he's a very capable rock and roll singer. And, and a wise man, but but a lyricist maybe not. Why? Like who wrote the lyrics? He writes all the lyrics. He wrote all the lyrics for this. He's a lucky man. You know, no. This is this is one of the things I, I remember maybe when uh, when uh, Sammy first joined the band, and and Ed Edward was he was very excited because he he said that oh unlike Dave who would take forever to come up with a lyric. You know, Sammy just shows up and he's got them. He just sings them right there, yeah. and I'm like, uh, okay, th- this is not a good sign. <laughs> like, like, uh, and, and I wonder, I wonder if there's just you know, it, it, you know, going on the the riffing on the theme of maybe this is an Edward Van Halen solo project. Maybe he just doesn't care about lyrics. It's certainly not something he's ever done. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, but you would think you would think you know they, they guitar they, man. They always don't had, care about lyrics. <laughs> they always had vocal harmonies in their bands. That right? is true. You know, you know. So, everyone complains that Michael Anthony Hall doesn't do his high harmonies on this album, and it's <laughs> you know I it's just not got so, that Scott. <laughs> I'm slow. <laughs> he was busy shooting Pretty in Pink, and uh, 
Yeah, yeah, and it, and it's like a yeah, and I guess I guess you, people are all over his high high harmonies. I I don't. Um, I mean, I guess so. they're you know they were great on the early stuff because they were done you know also live. Like if you see any live footage, it's yeah. like that that sort of stuff that's usually reserved for the album. So he's got the Brian Wilson role basically. Like they're, yeah. they're <laughs> plays the bass and does that. They're, yeah, they're able to pull it off live, and that's really cool. Yes, um, yes. Well, because does bass Dave, man is Dave singing really, really hot now? Is like Dave might be the worst singer in the band. In like that, I I don't mean that as an insult, but like Dave was pure show business. Man, oh, he was he was a rock and roll man. clown. He, he was. Had, yeah. he, had, he had style. I mean, and he he you know, and he used it to his advantage in a big way. Right? And isn't the isn't the story that when they were first getting signed, that the record label was not psyched like. We like this band. We don't like your lead singer. And it's like, and, you know, and, like and, replace him with somebody and, who, and like looking back the guy on from it, Montrose. Looking back on it, it's like, uh, you know, having having a you know a a great classical voice is not necessarily good for a rock and roll band. So you're saying Celine Dion should have taken this? <laughs> That's right. That it, you know that that so so you know a guy like a guy like Dave is if you want character, you want something that's unique that you can tell apart. Can you tell Gary Sharon apart from Sammy Hagar on some of these songs? No, not at all. I I com- I spaced it out when I started listening to this the other day and was like, oh yeah, that's right. This is a different singer. This is not technically. Yeah, it's not Sammy. Yeah. So, so who could they have got that does have a distinct voice? Should they gotten like a who was hanging out at that time? They should have got. They should have. Terrence got, Trent Darby. <laughs> they should have got. They should have got a female lead. That there you go. Been, there you, know, you go. That would have been something cool. Courtney like, Love. Courtney Love. That's that's who I was that, thinking of. That would have been really cool. She might. She's she's a female <laughs> Diamond Dave. Dave, Dave yeah. Right, yeah. <laughs> I do cocaine. <laughs> Dude. I like it, but uh, yeah, yeah. Well, and you know, and, and it's also it's also a lifestyle thing too. You know, I don't know I don't know enough about Gary Sharon, but, no, but like like Dave, Dave goes and studies Gary with with uh, with uh, Zen. He goes to Zen monasteries in Japan and studies yeah. with you know Buddhist masters. You know, Sammy Sammy um, brands his own tequila, right? Yes. Right. You know, so there's definitely a different a different sort of aesthetic right in terms of their art yeah. um and and uh, but gary i don't know i can't tell if he's, he a, he's a trivia question going, like yeah. george lazenby by this time i mean they're also kind of getting to the age where some of the some of the rock and roll shit from the early days just is kind of sad if you're I don't know. Aerosmith you know. had a big hit around this time. Well, and the thing is, the thing is, when Dave rejoins the band, they 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 recaptured that sound. It wasn't as popular, but it was still good. But they're trying to stay contemporary here. This, yeah, yes, this is, this yeah. is the problem. You know, Young man. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. They're they're trying to stay contemporary. Like I was saying about the, the production, I just I remember when everything on FM rock radio sounded just like the production was the same as this album. Like it's. You know, from old man, take a look at my life. <laughs> I just like how 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 old do you have to be before you gotta stop singing about a, a cocaine fueled debauchery? You know, like yeah, that's who they should have gotten, Doctor Broxo. 
He would have been great, Dude, Ludi. <laughs> what is uh well uh, uh Brandon Small was doing uh, uh comedy open mics in Boston at the time, so they probably could have had him for cheap. <laughs> yeah. Or, I guess I guess home movies is going on. Oh yeah, yeah, on UPN. So he's yeah. breaking well, and, in the big bucks. And, you yeah. know, LA LA is kind of a small town in the music sense, right? Everybody knows each other. Oh so, yeah. So I imagine Gary Sharon was just there. Yeah, he was right. hanging he was in, out in the practice room next right. to him, down the hall. <laughs> yeah, so sounds kind of like Sammy. Let's get him yeah, over here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, and you want you know, and and then and then at this point too, they're a uh, you know they're a they're a big act in terms of not as big as they were, but they're a big big. Act in, in the sense that they're they're providing money for an awful lot of people. Yes. So you're probably trying to keep this machine alive. It's a mini industry it at this right. point. Yeah. yeah. And and uh, so so you don't want to fuck with the formula too much. No. So definitely hire Mike Post. Right. <laughs> and, and don't let the bass player play the bass. And, and what, what you know, I'm not, I'm uh, unsure of the timeline exactly, but I know I know uh, uh, Eddie had some serious alcohol problems and and i wonder you know and, and sammy's come out pretty vocally that this is what drove him out of the band was that particular problem and and uh you know maybe maybe that's what's going on here too maybe it seems so unfocused because he's the guy in charge and it's and, and he's, he's not and he's yeah. not there right that's that could be a problem yeah. well shall we go on to the next song which is a, a from afar Cannot see you from afar. Look into your eyes, that hint of death hidden inside. If I cannot hear you from afar, whisper in my ear, rest assured that. Oh, dude, I was like, oh man. Did they sample the the King Missile uh, detachable <laughs> penis? <laughs> yeah, that's... the digital slapback is pretty great. For the distance between us, yeah, this is a good one. He's singing in a lower range. There's timpani. There's timpani. You know what this sounds like? It's like that, uh, like a James Bond theme with the guns in there and the yeah. timpani and. Like the one that uh, Jack White and Alicia Keys did. Yeah. Whatever. Just to love you. Yep. No. From afar. I mean, and again, this song doesn't need to be five and a half minutes long. Three, three and a half minutes, I'd be okay. But yeah, dude, they need to dig up Maurice Bender and have him do a title sequence for there this tune, man. This is badass. Oh, okay, we're getting good now. We're, yeah, we're that's not bad. Yeah. See, I told you, best Van Halen record I've ever heard. <laughs> we're starting to hear. Us, like you, know. you were saying, Matt, like you don't don't mess with the formula. Right. And this, this. <laughs> well, it's, it's uh, yeah. There's something there's something a little more sinister in this song. You yeah. Know, which is kind of interesting. I do like I do like Gary's voice a lot better when he's not doing the Sammy stuff. Yeah. It's like, uh, but then but then you know I'm obviously biased. I don't. Um, like Sammy when Sammy's doing this I don't, anything. right? Like like Montrose, Ronnie Montrose, awesome, awesome guitar player. Never got into that album the way a lot of people have because Sammy's voice is not appealing to me. No. Right, but, but you know, obviously he is to a lot of people, so that's okay. Still. Well, and the sex appeal. I mean, you can't yeah. deny the Hagar sex appeal. Still, right? But, you know, like, what do you like? I mean, what do you like about rock music? Rock music, to me, a, a big attraction to rock music is 
personality. Yes. You know, is it's like what is what are those particular people bringing to the table, and and um, I, there th- this seems like um, uh, this seems like a, a pudding that isn't cooked or something. You know, it's very it's very bland. Well, it reminds me of like Buckethead on the Chinese Democracy or something, where it's like one of the most unique and identifiable guitar soloists in the world, but. Can you? He's, he's just—he's just, he's, he's playing like slash licks. Yeah. On that, and so, so why? Why? So they should have got someone with a really distinctive voice. So what do you think, Randy Newman? Randy Newman, I Randy love Van it. Halen. I love it. I would be down with that. That would be that would be kind of cool. Yeah. Yeah. Or Captain Beefheart. Captain yeah. Beefheart. You know. Is he still alive? Uh, he was alive then. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Randy Newman, Captain Beefheart. Well, something, just anything. Yeah, Jimmy Scott. Anything, right? And, and I think, I think, like a song like this one, you're getting a, a whiff that he's capable of doing that. Yeah. Well, Sharon is the only lead singer that left the band on good terms. They were working on a second album. It just, you know, this one stiffed so badly they didn't bother finishing it. But I would have liked to hear where they would have gone had they, you know, played into Gary's Did, strengths. Yeah, didn't he, Gary? said that he wished they'd toured before they yeah. recorded this. And once again, right back to the first couple of albums and, and Diamond Dave Van Halen, which is just like, they were a live band that could do the same shit in the studio that they could do on stage. And, and, and I think that energy translated really well. And so maybe this just as a, a creation in the studio just doesn't have the guts that it would if they'd, you know, taking it to the stage for a while before they... Well, and they did crawl back to both Dave and Sammy after this at one point or another. Well, it is, it is a different, you know, as I was getting at before, it's a very different environment, too. Um, you know, Dave uh, Dave recently has been posting this stuff on, on Twitter, these drawings that he's done, and he has this, uh, he, he just posted this drawing of the early Van Halen guys, he said, taking a smoke break. And yeah. he said this was literally... A, a smoke break because we didn't have any money so we shared one cigarette right we'd go out in between sets and we'd smoke a cigarette <laughs> and and uh, that that sort of um that sort of um kind of uh, you know g- band of thieves kind of thing yes is is uh is is uh, is what made them so so attractive whereas this is far more corporate it's it's tangible on the yeah, yeah. on the early ones it's, yeah. it's no no frills at a time when you know, big label rock and roll was all about the frills. Yeah. Well, and the fact that they pulled it off once, they managed to survive swapping a lead singer, may have made them cocky that they could bring anybody in and yeah. it would work. Because I think Gary was a good 10, 15 younger than the rest of these guys and just wasn't, you know, more of a fan than a friend. <laughs> Whereas, you know, Montrose had their own thing when he came in. But. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Dirty Water Dog. You know what it sounds like? The Law and Order theme. 
With that dire straight strat tone. And exactly what you want from Van Halen, right? If heavy is the weight of the world. Yeah, and you know, I don't, I, I certainly wouldn't want to hold anyone back, like like uh, with Van Halen. I don't want, I, I wouldn't want him to just always just sound like a strat going through a Marshall's neck, right? which was what those first albums, you know, sound like. But but it's like, uh, but but why? Um, look, he's been doing this for a long time, you know, decades now. Like, I want to hear more. Well, so that's the question: Is what he doing not Van Halen enough, or too different? I would, I would like it. I would like it to be more different. Yeah, yeah. You know, like, like I, I, I would want. It sounds like he's dialed it back rather yeah. Than, yeah. than sort of pushing forward, and and it doesn't have to be, like I said, it doesn't have to be loud screaming guitar. But there, there, I want to hear some sort of progression. So he should have gone like full in, like just given up the guitar and played piano and gotten sure. like <laughs> seal like to that, sing right. and you know something something right any anything that would anything that would say okay look we're we're not we're not we're we're not a formula band yes. right this, this Mark Knopfler shit on this song is confusing yes yeah yeah and so what we're saying is this not detour and outlier enough that he should have just gone full you know shut up brass band <laughs> like metal machine music crazy there you right go. yeah eddie has late in his i mean later in his career and you know during van hagar he he gets into like i call it like a, a shitty holdsworth guitar it's like where he gets into a much more fusiony thing than he would uh back in the day when it was you know uh flanger or whatever phaser and cranked up marshall um and uh and you know he's still doing his his symmetrical runs and his two-hand tapping stuff but it gets a little bit more mature later and it and it is that's not a good thing no not not mature in a a not good way yeah Yeah. should have started doing more new age instrumentals like the first one (laughs) well then and then there's the, the there's that very compressed you know, strat and a and a chorus pedal thing going on in this song and a couple other tunes on this. They have this. I don't know. I, it sounds like uh, you know, piezo bridge, uh, oh. steel string electric. You know, trying to sound like classical guitar. This delicate thing that you know shows up in some places on on Van Hagar stuff, but it just it's it's not. There's I don't. If Eddie can't make it sound rock and roll, then no one can. Well, and I think that's part of it is Eddie's a guitar player, but he's not a songwriter, which is why he needs a guy to sing and sort of turn his riffs into songs. And you'll notice that after this album, he, you know, he lived another 20 years, never wrote another song. I mean, they did put out one other album like in 2012, but that was yeah. all old songs. Yeah, yeah, when they, when they, yeah, that, that album that uh, I like. Different kind of truth. Yeah, whatever, I, that I like. With yeah, Wolfgang. That, right, with Wolfgang playing bass and, and uh, Dave back on vocals. Wolfie rips, but man. But they were, they were songs that they had played back in the day that yeah. just never made it onto an album, and yeah. so they finally, they finally did them. And, and uh, man, it's like, just production-wise, it is so much more, more in your face and, yeah. and um, you know, exciting. 
Right? You should have gotten Mike Post back, though. Right. <laughs> but but I think I think you know too that he he was really into. Um, if I'm not mistaken, you know maybe our listeners can correct me if I'm wrong. I think he got Eddie. That is, he got really into the uh, uh, even tied harmonizer. Yeah. Right. You know, and so so that that has that that uh, very sort of distinct hi-fi. Um, uh, you know, kind of gloss, glassy kind of sound, right? You know, yeah. it's a, it, it does sound quite good, um, but you know, it, it can sound quite good, right? Real right. Exactly. quick. If you apply it to everything, it's bad. And and uh, and I think it like it undermines what what um, what he's really good at. It's kind of like you know, like when when Jimi Hendrix plays an acoustic guitar, you're sort of like, yeah, it's great, whatever. But it's that's not what he does. That's not what he does, right? Yeah. Right, exactly. And and I think, uh, yeah, I think I think I am definitely there. This needs to be this needs to be uh, weirder. If you're gonna go in a new direction, you need to you need to harness all that creative energy that that he has and and turn it into something. Uh, yeah. So why didn't they just you know like. They did with uh, when ACDC lost Bon Scott and just, you know, have Bon Scott cloned and bring back Sammy Hagar, too. Right, right. Yeah, <laughs> it's like, right, right. And, you know, yeah, it's, it's very it's very strange what what they're trying to do here. Yeah. Well, well if if uh, if Dave is Bon Scott and Sammy is is uh, 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 Brian and does that make uh Gary uh, uh, Axel Rose. Exactly. Yes. No, yeah. why Axel Rose had finished <laughs> Chinese Democracy by now? Why didn't he join Van Halen? He's a lead singer. Yes, he is. That would I been. hear he's easy to work with. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, so is Eddie. So you know, it should go real well. Maybe they did. All right. So what's next? Once. had to look it up on the you know you brought up the the harmonizer thing and i just so holdsworth's like metal fatigue is the big harmonizer album and that's 85 so that's like, like the the weird glitchy harmonizer kind of crap that eddie's like dabbling at in these little bits on this album it's just it's way too late he's like a decade too late late for it to be weird like to be novel you know, like those, that, that shit has all been explored to death by 1998. This is really new agey, isn't it? Yeah, that's where he was going. He was clearly headed in like Yanni, John Tesh area. That's who they could have gotten. John Tesh? Michael Bolton. Oh. That was big then, wasn't it? Yeah, no, 90, late 90s was a good time for Michael Bolton. He would have been great at this. So maybe that's the maybe that's the influence there. Yanni's selling shit out like Van Halen was back in the day. Live in the Acropolis, yes. This has that sort of like throbbing rhythm to But but not in a you know like an aggressive. No, it's more of a laid back. Right, right, yeah. It's a bit Phil Collinsy. It very Phil Collinsy. See, yeah, they could have swapped. Phil Collins could have joined. Phil Collins, the drummer of Brand X. Yeah, I don't. I stopped following him after that. Yeah, Phil. Phil would have. 
Sammy Hagar could have joined Genesis, and Phil Collins could have joined. That that could have worked. Yes. Yeah. I don't... Well, they both had <laughs> lost their second lead singer at about this time, so yeah, some sort of like swap or trade, you know. Right. Yeah. Phil. Phil Collins. Plus a first round draft pick. I don't know. Van Van Collins. That Van Collins. Have, that would have been sound just like that. I think. <laughs> But on the Simmons drums. Exactly. <laughs> I listen to it <laughs> once. That, what, what do we think of this song? It, I, it's different enough that I like it. It's, you know, better than yes. the the more Van Hagar-y stuff. Yes, I, you know. Right. And when they get creepy, which they also did with the other song we kind of liked, whichever the, the James Bondy one, they, they all blend together now. But yes, those two are the, you know, it's rock and roll, man. Your parents are not supposed to like it. It's supposed to be kind of icky. If it by '98, you know your parents are are yeah they they own the record company. Yeah, that, that there's a. I mean, just think about what's going on in music. Yeah, like alt alt rock on FM radio like rules the the world right now. Oh yeah, well grunge is dying, and you know the Spice Girls are taking over in 1998. That's what's going on. Yeah, Justin just, Timberlake and the Backstreet Boys and Britney Spears. I I think a Spice Girl would work. There you go. Yeah, Baby Spice. That's yeah, who we yeah. should have gotten. Van Baby. Emma Emma Bunting. Something like that. Emma <laughs> Stone. <laughs> Emma <laughs> Swift. Oh, I just noticed Emma your Thompson. Spice Girls T-shirt, man. <laughs> nice. Yes. Yeah. No, I'm nostalgic. I I did not I did not uh, appreciate the Spice Girls when they were were in existence, but. Um, more recently, um, Matt, Matt is wearing an autographed uh, Spice World T-shirt with the sleeves so, cut off. So tell me what you want, what you really, really want. <laughs> Did I ever mention that I actually saw Spice World in the theater for free? Wow! Because it was the day the Broncos were playing the Super Bowl. Everyone was clued to their TV, so I was able to just walk in. Me and my friend, <laughs> no one else in the theater. The two of us just making havoc and running around and throwing popcorn and watching Spice World. It was. It was great. Then we left the theater and the streets were empty and quiet and scary. And then suddenly they must have won because it was like, you know, New Year's Eve broke loose. It was a frightening time. But or that's maybe how all I those people just got out of a screening of Spice, oh, Spice World, World. Yeah. as well. And we're. It's true. Just, they just didn't happen to come to the, the theater we were at, the Westminster 24. I, I think we can recommend Spice World as oh, a, yeah. as a, a, a fine piece meat, of cinema. Meatloaf is a bus driver. and... <laughs> Elvis Costello has a cameo because why not? Why not? It was filmed in, you know, at England, Pinewood or something. So yes. it's it's in his contract. He's got to be in there somewhere. So, so it's like they're, it's the head of the nineties. Yeah, yeah. And Michael York is yeah in, in there somewhere. Kind of is. Yeah. <laughs> you know, when you compare it to Citizen Kane, it there are a lot of parallels. Spit you is, know. Yeah, Citizen Kane has far fewer Spice Girl songs in it, so I got to give the edge to spice world but or lethal weapon four <laughs> that's the good one is that our next one no the next one is fire in the hole
had gotten back together, would Sammy Hagar be okay singing this song? Would he even realize that it wasn't him singing? If they, if his memory was, he had a few tequila shots. They'd be like, "No, you sang Fire in the Hole. It was great. It was on a OU812. You know, I, I think he only four I words he, in it. Yes, Sam. I think he did sing a couple of. Oh, oh, I didn't sing something, 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 something like that. But, Pretty Woman. But there was a lot of yeah. But 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 yeah. No, he he wouldn't sing most of that stuff. You know, good for him, I guess. This is this is one of the songs on here that um, you know starts off sounding like it's formulaic, good old Van Halen, right? And it's because their their earlier better stuff. A lot of the songs did tend to have kind of slow burn intros. There there was some you know there's a bunch of build up before the absolutely badass rock and chorus or guitar solo or something like that. And there's a few songs on here that. You know, start out pretty foot stomping, and they really feel like they're moving towards something. But three minutes into the song, you you're kind of forced to reckon with the fact that this is it. Right, right. It, it like the it, payoff it, is not coming. The payoff is not coming. We're we're already there. We we started out. You know, we started off with the best thing we had, and so you know, hang out for another three and a half minutes. Okay. Now, am I the only one so childish that every time I think of the phrase fire in the hole, I think, why does it burn when I pee? Yeah. <laughs> I had that exact same thought. Fire in the hole. Um, is that what this song is about? Who knows? It's Gary Sharon. <laughs> it, it, you know, it's more than this, words. Is this their gon- gonorrhea song? Indeed. Or maybe it's more like Montezuma's Revenge. They just had some bad water down in... Cabo Wabo? Yeah, that's why they had to get rid of Sammy. His uh, tequila wasn't sitting right. I like, I like um, you know, that, that... Yeah, there's something... You know, I think send us a case of tequila, Sammy. <laughs> be 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 a cool. Hey, you know, is is for you know as much as I dislike Van Hagar, um, Sammy seems like a pretty cool guy. Yeah, I that's what I've heard. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, Sammy and Dave did tour for a while together, so yeah, yeah, yeah. That's they, right. they, they, they took a, plenty of pot shots at both Gary. Sammy and, and Eddie. Dave both seem like they can take a joke. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> Eddie does not seem like he can take a joke. No, that's why he married Valerie Bertinelli. (laughs) (laughs) They got divorced, though, I think. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Hagar, I I remember buying one of those. I can't remember which one it was. Um, But I do remember that I, I got rid of it. I mean, I literally just like this cannot be in my house. Exactly, I did not want it as part of my CD collection because it was just it was just so um, unappealing, and and I did know people who really love this style of music. So so I guess um, you know some some part of me wonders if maybe this isn't bad, maybe this is good, but I just don't understand. No one else liked it either, though. This yeah, yeah. tanked about as hard as an album can tank. So. Uh, in high school, weirdly enough, one of the bands that I saw a whole lot was Jethro Tull, as they Ooh, were they were doing uh, the... uh, mid to late '90s Jethro Tull stuff, and they were they were great. Actually, one of my friends' dads was a was a really killer fusion guitarist who played in a bunch of bands that were touring with with Jethro Tull, and they won a Grammy and, for best heavy metal band. But they, these were always these shows were always sponsored by the the classic rock station. 
there were a bunch of ex hair metal bands on their, you know, uh, a cash grab lap. Um, and it was, they were sort of marketed to this, uh, bikery kind of old, old rocker crowd. And, you know, I, a lot of gray ponytails. Yeah, a lot of gray ponytails, <laughs> a lot of a lot of denim vests. Um, you know, uh, uh, I remember a lot of tattoos uh, referencing both uh, uh, Budweiser and the other uh, uh, kind of Bud um, as uh, pretty ornate uh, full back pieces. Um, and you know, they were they were cool concerts. I don't know how I ended up going to so many of them. They were cheap, and I, I think they were all ages, so that. Said uh, um, uh, middle-aged bikers could bring their kids. So, so, like something. The, so you wouldn't so have like to the, find a babysitter. Yeah. Like the cool concerts they have oh, yeah. here. Yeah, yeah. Cool. yeah. 105. Yeah, 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 yeah exactly. Yeah. Like the, there's there's a, Herman's Hermits and Jethro Tull. Oh, right. There's <laughs> a together at last. Scene of, of this kind of like, yeah, we know this kind of music has been over for a while, but some people still care. Yeah. Uh, and they're all here. Yeah, they're these, like, I think Scott mentioned, or, you know, one of you mentioned earlier that. By then, there's a there's a you know Van Halen Corporation that has lots of employees, and those employees have families and mortgages and stuff like pension plans. Yeah, they don't they don't get to just not do stuff because they're not inspired. It, it the no, know, they got to keep they got to keep it moving. They got to yeah. yeah, and so this really feels like that, and it really feels like a whole lot of stuff that re- remember those uh, late night TV ads for. Monster ballads, yeah, oh, yeah, and it's like the four CD set, only thirty nine ninety five. Well, extreme featuring Gary Sharon's more than words was on almost all of those, and, <laughs> and I'm very sure that there was one where at the top of the scrolling list of artists was Van Halen, but it wasn't Van Hagar or or even Good Van Halen. It was a, it was it was this song. Yes, oh, this, this the next what, one. This is their version of. Uh, more than words. Or Roy Orbison covers. I suppose some some bands some bands can do that. Some bands can keep pushing the envelope, and you might not like what they're doing, but they're they're progressing. You know, like like David Bowie. Was yeah, but I was just this, I was right? thinking the same thing. But the bands that successfully do that tend to gut their entire personnel minus one or two people and rehire yeah. usually much younger. Well, uh, they people gutted for- Hagar. They gutted Michael Anthony Hall. I mean, they, <laughs> they gutted their usual producer did, for Mike they did Post. Some of that, though, but that, that's a good. That's a really good point. But I, I also think though that that some bands 
should stick with what they do really well and yeah. build on that, like like ACDC, right? I mean, it's like yeah, like, you can't get better than than Bon Scott, and so why not? Just keep doing that. ACD. It's funny you mention them because ACDC has a career where every once in a while they would make an album where they would sort of step outside of ACDC, and they I think they would realize their their error and run right back to ACDC shit. Oh yeah, (laughs) but you never hear anything like this. No, nothing like this. But I mean, anytime they strayed even a little bit, they were like, "Nope, you know what? The formula works. We should keep doing the formula." And, you know, maybe we didn't need, you know, 30 or 40 years of of the same thing, but it doesn't, none of it really sucks compared to the, 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 you know, the, the best stuff they did. Right. Because they, they figured out what they, this is, this is dumbass rock and roll, man. Like you, you figure out a thing and it's, if you try to make it, it's, I don't, well, it's, this, it's this, sad when you grow up and have kids and a mortgage and, you know, you have to cut your gray ponytail off. That's a real bummer. And people don't want to be people don't want the mirror held up, you know. Keep, <laughs> well, this was the time that, you know, Eddie got the, uh, you know, the Metallica sucks now short haircut and grew the goatee out. And, yeah. Yeah. And well, and but Metallica did suck then. Yeah. Well, exactly. The, the, <laughs> well, and they're see, like Samson. You cut the hair. You're just. Yeah, it just just doesn't work that um, um you lose all your power well well that's the that's i i don't mind i would not mind this if it was a spectacular mistake yes right like like uh we we wanted we we decided we tried to, to do try an album something. of traditional scottish folk ballads with a bagpipe exactly it right bombed. it just didn't work but it, it really that sounds awesome it yeah. really sounds like they're trying to do what they think is cool good right at that moment right and, yeah and and instead of instead of being you know more more um well i don't even know what their identity is but it seems like they're they're not whatever whatever identity eddie had as the leader of that band it doesn't seem there's nothing shining here yeah there's nothing that's that you can say oh yeah that's eddie right there's a there's a thing that uh uh dean ween said you know talking about jimmy page guitar playing anyways and it all you know creatively resonates with me which is if you're gonna miss miss big because on the off chance that you land it you'll be a damn hero and you know if you fuck it up, you'll you'll sound like you were trying to do something that's impossible, and that's can be cool too. But this this album, this whole entire album, sounds like they're simultaneously trying to branch out and play it very safe. Yeah, and they they just cancel each other out. And we we you know we're all songwriters to a certain degree, one one level or another, right? We've right, been and, accused, right? Right, but I, I mean, I think you know. You know, I've had this experience. I assume both both of you have as well. That that even in your own even in your own writing, you can get to a point where where it seems formulaic. I've right? done this before, right? I've you know right, and and so one of the one of the big um, motivators, one of the big tasks of a songwriter is to not repeat yourself, right? I mean, that's what that's what it seems. I mean, I think, and and to me, it's it's this weird combination that 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 um, Eddie is not repeating himself with the good stuff and he's, <laughs> he's repeating, repeating he's fallen into this sort of like 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 sort of a formula of of whatever you know whatever it is you know intro verse chorus verse chorus you know yeah. um, middle eight 
guitar solo, whatever. And and but there's not a lot of um, there's not a lot of hooks. There, and is there, that Eddie's fault or Gary's fault? Yeah, I, I think I think Eddie. I, I'm pretty sure that he was the guy most responsible for putting the songs together. Yeah, and that and that um, those the singer the singer would would um, write the songs. And in this, this you know, and I know I keep going back to David Lee Roth, but this is this is a, a different process, right? What what um, what what Roth would do is he would hear whatever whatever Eddie was doing, and then he kept notebooks of yeah. of all these different ideas, and he would look through his notebooks to find stuff that reflected what he felt when he heard the song, right? You know, and then so then they would create, you know, then they'd structure the song around the vocals now, right? The yeah. lyrics, but the lyrics were in response to the music. Um, here, here, it really doesn't sound like anything belongs with each other, other than. Yeah, well, oh, this I, is oh, a, the fire this is, goes in the hole. Right, right. <laughs> exactly. I, I don't know enough about Van Hagar to really, you know, I might be way off base with this, but, and, and I also know that Sammy had a, a lot of input on the songwriting. Yes, yes, he, he too, did, and, and guitar, and you know, and, and, and arrangement and things like that. But OG Diamond Dave Van Halen doesn't really have a singer and i don't mean that dave sucks at singing or anything it's just like they were a rock band with like a rodeo clown out front he does cocaine dave dave <laughs> is supposed to be you know both sonically and visually like a spectacle yes um he's, it's like almost like they have a, a full-time interpretive dancer or something out out in front of this loud rock band and i'm just i'm wondering if they ever learned how to play with like a singer as a, as an ensemble. Cause it doesn't feel like it. Like it doesn't on, on this. It doesn't feel like Eddie knows what to do to rap, you know, cause well, they should Gary's not being singer. the rodeo, you know, the, 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 the cocaine clown <laughs> in a jumpsuit out, you know, out front. And he's a, he's a very good singer. He's a very, you know, competent, you know, uh, musician. And so, if his voice is in there as a, as another musical voice, it's really not being arranged well. It just seems wasted, um, and I, I think that's where a lot of these songs sort of suck on this. Like, I mean, that's uh, if you have somebody who really can sing, you you let them kind of cut loose a little bit. If you have, you know, Ozzy and early Black Sabbath, you have them sing the riff that's the good part of the song. Just, just I am singing sing. this. <laughs> yeah. This is how it goes. I'm singing this. Yeah, that works, but... <laughs> or, yeah, if you have Diamond, yeah. Diamond Dave, you have them do a similar sort of thing and be just Looney Tunes in between. Um, and, you know, Di Diamond Dave is like... Uh, like a very uh, uh, Kate Kate Bushian in his both oh, his they singing. Kate and, Bush, to, yeah. yeah <laughs> I mean, that's a that's a big. Uh, well, yeah. well, he was, he was any, any know, musical project. I guess, I guess it's a matter of you know it's a matter of communication, right? Uh, Dave Dave was he excelled at communicating with with the audience. Yeah, right. That's what that's what his function was, you know. And like you said, you know, sort of the interpretive dance, whatever it is, right? He's he's drawing everybody in to what's happening. Yeah. And, and this the, is like a lightning rod, or right? Something. Right, and and also I think it's like like why the uh, I'm not talking about his his solo work with 
with Vi, that stuff, but that early oh. solo solo work he did, you know, with um, you know, California girls and that sort of thing. Yeah. yeah. That's why that's why it was like it was that was very cartoonish because you didn't have the big, you know, fuck you guitar behind him. Right, right. You didn't have that sort of like, you know, punk you know, punk element of, of we're just a bunch of, of um, we're just a bunch of rowdy, rowdy kids from Southern California, right? And we're going to, we're going to, you know. More dangerous. Right, more dangerous, right? Right, it was, you know, but but Dave's always been that kind of um, vaudevillian figure, right? You know, that, that you draw in. Gary, Gary, um, I don't know enough about him other than, other than, um, I, I'm I'm really mystified that that extreme got as big as they did. I think it was that one song, right? It was, it was that more one than words, song. yes. And, and uh, you know, and and he certainly can sing. There's no, there's nothing, you know, yeah, truly offensive other than his Sammy mimicry the, uh, about what he's doing. But but I think you're right. I don't think they. I don't think the the band knows what to do. What with with um. You know, they they need someone. They need someone who's bigger than life, right? Could which have is, gotten Peter Noon, or which is probably Mike why, Love. Uh, yeah, yeah. There you go. Or, that's probably why Sammy works. Sammy's bigger. I'm slowly fading away Harvest moon soon will pass Hey, can we uh, address the cover? Yes, the Cannonball Man. Uh-huh. Cannonball Man, <laughs> looking for some antacid. Yeah, it always reminds me of that, that Simpsons episode. Exactly. Homer. Homer Palooza. <laughs> this sure seems like uh, uh, they make this album cover in Microsoft Paint. It's 98. They might have. Did they have the budget for that, that kind of supercomputer? Yeah. Well, like the last video for this album came out exclusively on the internet. And yeah. It's Same a, as just a stock photo too, right? Yeah. yeah so. No, they they paid a whole buck fifty for if that. If the laziness of the album cover gives away, anyway. well, it's a, it sounds like the record company was not particularly behind this venture. Yeah. Well, uh, yeah. Uh, that was a little. Uh, the guitar intro was a, a little bit uh, uh, post SRV <laughs> blues wanker. You know, if they played this at a real tempo, it would have been, you know, only like six minutes long. Yeah. It's the other thing. Don't, do you think the tempos lag in this? Like I, I mentioned earlier that a lot of the songs don't seem to groove. I think part of it is they're just... Slow. They're languid. Yes. Right? And they're, they're not... Um, this you know, boy should have never stopped taking that cocaine. Yeah, just pump yeah. it up, you know? Actually, you know, I think, uh, I think Dave, though, I mean, I don't know if, if he had a if he was a big uh, cocaine guy or not, but uh, he has like some sort of, of, of um, um, ADHD. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> he is the great Cornholio. <laughs> He's yeah. like super hyped all the time. <laughs> so I think he smokes a lot of pot just to sort of, you know, <laughs> just, yeah, phase in with reality. Oh, right. <laughs> Otherwise he just becomes a blur. But, uh, but uh, you know, and, 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 um, 
I don't know. Maybe we can blame this on drugs. Maybe we can blame it on Eddie's alcoholism. But I, I, uh, like, I don't know. Like, what do you, what do you get? Like, if you're, I have a lot of musical heroes who made uh, a bunch of great music while they were just (laughs) wasted. Did they? Did they? I mean, wasted silly. And uh, do you hear like, like, do you hear any excitement? Like, does it sound like like the, these guys are like, man, we did Pumped. the best work of our lives well, or, clearly, or something? Michael Anthony Hall is not because he's right. kicked off. He's kicked off, yeah. And I, they sent him home. Yes. By now, in the I think Gary Sharon sounds mostly intimidated, which may be part of why he's trying to sound like Sammy so hard because he's yeah. like, I, I don't know what I. Yeah. You know if. You know, Van Halen called me up. First of all, I'd be scared. But, uh, yeah. This does feel like don't get into the record business, kids. It will yeah. crush your soul. Oh, yeah. Yes. Don't meet <laughs> like, your heroes. And especially don't join a band with them. Yeah. That, uh, all right. So, are we done with the acoustic stuff now? Or? Um, yeah. Now we have a, a, another instrumental. It's called Eruption. No, wait. It's called Primary. And it's got that fake acoustic but you know he's using that whammy on it so it sounds stupid (laughs) hooray it's got that fake sitar tone on it and see this is this is different yeah see a whole album of this I'd be okay with that's what an Eddie solo album would be is Right. I'm wanking around with my new pedal. Right. Yeah, no, do you think that's some fucked up Eventide thing or or it's a Dano? I think it's sitar. I, I, I think it's the uh I, I think, think there's the, two. I, I think, think it's the coral electric sitar. Is it okay yeah, yeah. I think that's what it is. I wonder if Mike Post was hoping to use this as like the background music for the latest episode of uh, NYPD Blue or whatever. Yeah, does yeah. It, a lot of this album feels like no, that's soundtrack. That, what it is is it's got like a, a little the bridge sort of quasi mutes the strings yeah, to give yeah. it that sitari flavor. Yeah, and then it has sympathetic strings, so it drones a bit. Um, um. But there is something with a backwards like preverb thing on it as well. I think there's two tracks of. Yeah, but then it goes into ballot or the bullet because you know. Oh my God! This 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 song, I almost wanted to. Um, if it wasn't digitized, yeah. I would have broken the album. I still think it, I still enjoy it. I understand now why you guys hated it so much. I actually thought of that when, when I was listening to, to this album. Just Jeff Beck is someone who's you know had some misses, like that's a weird one. But if that's his most offensive miss, then he's doing great. He's doing great. It's at least interesting. Right. <laughs> and it's and it doesn't have any eight-minute songs on it, as far as I can no, remember. Yeah. It's, a, yeah. He's somebody who's really reinvented his his career and a couple of bands times. and you know, 
sometimes more successfully than other times, but always you can tell that he del- it was a deliberate artistic. I, maybe that's you know maybe that's the thing that stands out about this is it, it's like are they doing this are they making deliberate choices or is this just what like fell out right when they well, I think had, the, you know, had the studio book for a month Sammy Hagar not quit would they have still made an album that sounds like this and I think the answer is yeah yeah pretty probably close. it might be a little bit better well, because bit better, the one uh, apparently the one before this I think I did listen to that one that might have been the one I threw away. yeah that it was it was just um it was this yeah I think it was recorded a little better didn't have the mic post sheen to it. Right, right. Uh, or lack of sheen. Dun-dun. <laughs> like, yes. Dun-dun. There's not enough fun. <laughs> Someone really should do a mashup of Law and & Order and Crazy Train. There probably is one on the internet. Uh, okay. is it? Yeah, if, if we've thought of it, someone else has probably yeah, thought of it, too. <laughs> well, and everyone loves when you know Sammy Hagar gets political, so this song is... Really good. Right now, <laughs> if you can, yeah. if you can think of it, there's porn of it on the internet. Yeah. Oh yeah. Done. <laughs> <laughs> done. Yes, there's well, Law and Order porn parodies out there. I'm sure. What's our next song? Uh, we're going past ballot uh, the bullets because yeah, we've said all <laughs> are, we need are, to are say. Are we going to address that at all? What? Just what the the Malcolm Xness of it? What the fuck were they doing? Yeah, this is rock the vote, man. This is, you know, right before the 2000 election, so I think we should have shaken the bullets on that one. Oh, he's got some slide guitar in there. Yeah, and this is okay. So here, here is the other thing that that was is that always the, is that the top Jimmy uh, slide tuning. Yeah, yeah. It's, there's always like the, something that was always intriguing about Van Halen was that he had the Eddie that is he had the ability to um, sort of mimic different styles without yeah. necessarily mastering the genre, right? You know, um, you know, like uh, songs like Little Guitars or or. Um, um, uh, yeah, I'm I'm blanking here, but whatever. You know, he could he could like you know pull off like a classical guitar uh, and sound like a classical guitarist. Yeah, you know, at, at least, least for a few minutes. At least for a few did. minutes. And, and here here he's doing you know sort of the swampy, um, um, you know, CCR. slide right right on on you know like maybe on a dobro or something or it has that sound that feel to it. But but it seems like it's it's you know when he would mimic, you know like like a you know like when they did um. You know, way back in the day when they did a, you know, um, uh, they had this song, you know, Big Bad Bill is Sweet William Now, right? And it was, you know, it was just this goofy, like, campy 40s style song. Yeah. But they did it in a campy 40s style way, right? And and here here it's like, okay, you're not, you're, you're taking this thing and you're putting it in a different context and it doesn't, um, it doesn't work. For whatever reason, it's not it's not it's not weird enough to say, oh, my God, listen to that slide guitar in in this song. Yeah, but it's not but it's not true enough to to the genre to make it make it um, interesting. Yeah, the 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 acapella bit in uh, I'm the one is another great example of like it just kind of scrambles your brain for 
just a little bit until they get back to the the badass rock and roll song and it, and it works as a you know a a, a disruption and yeah disruption. Are, are are they are they not are you know are they are they nailing the are they nailing the style completely faithfully it's like no most of the time they're not they're faking it ag- right. aggressively right but it it functions in the song compositionally as a almost like a bridge or something. We're yeah. going to, we're going to take you out of this other thing for a minute. So when it comes back, it's extra badass. And, or like when they, when they sing acapella, you know, happy trails, it's like, it's certainly not the best version of happy oh, trails you're ever going to hear. But at the same time, it's like, they're all in. Yes. They're doing right. it. Right, yeah. We've committed to this it's stupid idea. It, it's fun. And it's goofy. Right, I, right. Maybe parts of this suck because they, they're taking themselves a little too seriously. And, and you know what? Maybe they always took, you know, maybe Eddie always took himself so seriously that it was not, not fun, but on the, Dave the, never took himself. seriously. Yeah. The, <laughs> the earlier stuff. And even some, you know, Van Hagar is it's party music. It's stupid. They're goofing around. Right. Right. It's, it's really badass because they're amazing musicians. And maybe that's part of the magic, too, is that they're such badass musicians that even their screwing around seems impressive and, and fun. But it, it, it feels like, you know, like you were saying earlier, like the, the band of thieves kind of, right, you right. know, like they're having, a, they're having a good time at the keg party kind of vibes. And that's, that's more interesting that engaging i guess then they should have gotten tom waits that would have been like <laughs> yeah that would have been good i would have liked that well that's what that's what they well if beef heart was alive they, yeah. you know that and, 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 and you know absolutely too it's like when you think of dave and sammy you can't really think of two different singers yeah no. i mean they're so they're so different from each other and and gary is just not but they both yeah. both sam and dave both have that they, sam and dave uh, <laughs> they should have got are those guys still alive then yeah um uh they're both fun it's they, yeah yeah, like, yeah yeah soul man Sa- sammy's a different thing but he, he wants you to you know Drink his drink his tequila. You know, it's his yeah, tequila. Yeah. That's that's good. Uh, uh, was that uh, vertical integration kind of thing yeah, going yeah, on? Right, right, um, right. But like, they want you to party and have a good time. And I'm not sure what the hell this album wants me to do. It wants you to vote with the ballot or the bullet or the ballet or the booyah bass. Yeah, yeah, what? <laughs> See, that's better than what's in the song. <laughs> yeah, why is booyah bass not in the song? Indeed. I don't know. <laughs> I would say I if someone asked me for Boulia bass. Uh, I haven't had a Boulia bass for a long, long time. Yeah. I would. I could go for a fish stew. Fish stew. That that with fish stew. Yeah. This is not even a good fish stew. No, it's neither <laughs> fish nor fowl. It's just fowl. <laughs> well, we're we're here to the ultimate track, and I mean the ultimate track. The last Van Halen song. You will ever want to hear the last Van Halen song on the best Van Halen album I've ever listened to. Never so silent when she wanted to talk. I couldn't keep quiet when she needed a hug. Come on, too strong when a little's too much. How many? 
say yes. I think you know when I read when I read uh, Eddie's comments about a different kind of truth, you know, the, you know um, the Dave reboot, the, the right? follow up. Right. He he was talking about how great he said. Eddie said the drums just sound fantastic. And why do they sound good? He goes because I did. He said I I I sat there and worked with Alex until he got it to sound great. Right. You know that they really spent a lot of time doing that. And and I think that. Uh, you know, if you're if you're in a um, well, you know, if you're in a downward spiral of, of, of alcoholism, or even if you're crawling, crawling out of it, those sorts of details are not tops on your list, yeah. right? You're not you're not really paying attention. You're to mostly you're like, can I get you know, can I get through this day, right? Can is, I show is, up, Sammy? Right, right, yeah. <laughs> so, <laughs> so make him feel bad for quitting, right? So, I don't so uh, see, you know, but, I mean, ah, I want to. I want to use those excuses, but you know, then you have like right, right. David Bowie not remembering making Station to Station or something. Right, right. You know, it's like right, right. <laughs> but, but see, the thing is, the for thing, every one of those examples, the thing with, uh, like, David, David Bowie or someone like that, he he like he he always, wasn't he sought out producers and engineers. Yeah, he wasn't engineering. Really, he wasn't the tape right. op on the session I, as I well. Think, yeah, I think Eddie like, wanted to be that guy because yeah. he heard things a certain way and he wanted to get it the way he wanted it. And, if, yeah, and I, I don't think he was talented if, enough production-wise to If do he it. wasn't in tip-top shape, yeah. then that's a lot of responsibility right. on one on one person. Right, right. I, I, I know we've, we're, like you said before, we're all songwriters. We've all uh, recorded other people and ourselves um, in at least in some capacity, and there, there's a thing where you can you can record, you know, you can produce a record or you can play on a record. It's very very difficult to do both well. It's it's a different it's a different frame of mind. It's a different attention to detail, performing, yeah. and and engineering and 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 producing stuff, and. While there are some notable exceptions of people who can do both very, very well, you know, they're really, really, you know, like, I don't know, like Bill Laswell or somebody like that who can, you know, like play, yeah, play bass on something. Or Jimmy Page. You know, yeah. And, and, it, and, it, and it's awesome. But like, but that's not everybody. Those are that's a it's a short list of people who can do that really well. Those people also tend to assemble a team of other people to handle technical aspects of right, things. Right. And I think they've worked with those people so well, you know, so long and, and had, you know, such consistent results that they trust them. And, it, and it's, so yeah, if, if Eddie was really trying to mastermind this whole thing and be Eddie on the recording and write the guitar parts and the bass parts and the, do the arrangements and, you know, boss around their new ringer, you know, singer guy. Uh, yeah, that's, and Andy was, you know, hitting the bottle really hard. Then I can see how it, yeah, you just, I can see how the, the end product would be l less than focused. But I think that's also why this song is the one that comes through the best. Cause it's the one that's the most Eddie. It has Eddie on it. He should have yeah. sung. Cause he I should have sung the whole album. Yeah. Cause I mean, you know, if you're going to have someone different sing, and you're going to tell them what to do, might as well do it yourself. And if you're not a great singer, that's never stopped. Like, say, Tom Waits or Randy Newman. They know how to work with their right. limited instrument. And how, dare, actually, how dare you besmirch <laughs> Mr. That's Newman. kind of what I like about their vocal stylings is you can tell 
when they're trying to hit a note and they can't quite do it, that they must really mean it because they're putting themselves out there. But if you have a flawless, you know, you know, Brian Wilson in his early 20s kind of voice, then yes, jumping up to that high C or whatever is like, whatever. But when you're Bob Dylan and you're going, you know, it takes some effort. I, We've we've discussed it before, but you know, I I think Bob Dylan might be able to sing beautifully, and has just been fucking with all of us for. <laughs> he is the ultimate ever. troll. Yeah, yeah, he's. <laughs> that would explain his his three Frank Sinatra albums. Here, okay, I know. Uh, well, we're finishing up this album, yes. but but I I want I want you guys to just like, hear this. Uh, it's not. Uh, well, you can make of it what you will, but just the uh, the contrast. I journey to the east and I struggle to stay afloat. A solitary Buddhist monk threw me a rope. Looked me in the eyes and said, Don't make me say this twice. You want to be a monk? You gotta cook a lot of rice. Yeah, they could have done it. They could have done it. Maybe you couldn't have done this in 98. Well, I think that was also one of the things that frustrated people in 98 is they did show up at the, whatever, MTV Music Awards with Dave after Sam left. And everyone was like, oh, you're getting back with Dave? And everyone got all excited. And then instead they show the more than words guy. And everyone was like, ah, oh, fuck you. Yeah, man, playing that just, ooh. Well, just, just the, 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 the production on uh, three is not solely to bro- blame for it being a lame ass record, but it's may- yeah, maybe it. maybe the main offender. Yeah, yeah. There's there's just no there's no there's like that you know you like it or hate Jeff it that, that that song just it just oozes. Uh, electricity yeah like you know excitement like it, there's something's gonna break is what it feels like like you know like the levy's gonna break right, right you know like like something great is gonna happen and and uh i don't think i got that once on that album on on three not even in josephina <laughs> that one that one you know with that outro with the guitar that was, yeah. was kind of something going what about on that there. song where you know the Pizza man, he just want to slice. Yeah. <laughs> Game man, he just want to roll the dice. Cookie man, he just wants a cookie. Yeah, so maybe maybe um, Sharon's lyrics have something to do with it as there well, you right? You know. Well, he hasn't really gone on to anything since then either. I mean, I think he mostly goes to like Van Halen conventions and signs autographs for wow, that's fifteen dollars or something. I don't know what right. does what is Gary is Gary Sharon listening. Gary, right. drop us a line at yeah, detours right. and outliers at we, gmail.com. We, 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 see, see if you can like get Sammy to send us some tequila. Yeah, <laughs> yeah Gary Sharon has his own line of craft beer or something. Yeah. Uh, but um, Send it, we'll review it. So is this an ig- ignomious? It's, yeah. Uh, a start to our new season? season I think draw. it's an apropos. <laughs> Whatever it is, because I mean, it's not this, unlistable. Like, say, it sounds like demos. Yeah, like 
This well, is like what they, home recorded, I think. Is it's what Eddie saying. recorded at home. He should have handed it to a producer who was like, Jeff Lynn. Okay, he should have handed it to Jeff Lynn. Cut, to like Jeff most of these songs in half, add a bridge, add a key change here and there. Get Randy Newman to sing Get it. rid of the stupid fucking words about Superman and the Pizza Man. Aww. And I just maybe don't go political. That's not a... Or, or you know, you don't have Not to be stupid, move. right? Yeah. <laughs> don't, I don't know. It worked maybe. for Diamond Dave. Well, I mean, you can be. Well, you can be. Well, you can be. You can be stupid and smart at the same time, right? Yeah. You can be yeah. smart in your ridiculousness rather than you know. You can make a smart choice about your stupidity. Right, right, exactly. <laughs> I'm, I'm gonna go home and listen to Eat 'Em and Smile. Like, no, you should listen to the uh, the Spanish version. Yeah, I have that one too. Sweet. There's a Spanish version of it. Oh, yeah. oh yeah, David Lee Roth for, recorded the whole album or EP again in Spanish for, for a long time. You could only uh, um, that's that's resplendent. Yes, it is. <laughs> I think if you, it's really him. If it's you really Spanish. The Yankee Rose video. It's the Spanish one that is not been taken down. Ah, uh, there you go. Yeah, look for it at your local, you know, under market bookseller. Yeah, they say wow. they, they say that's the uh, the the last. The, the last great, what some reviewer of this album yeah. said, the last great Van Halen album was um, Eat Him and Smile. <laughs> Ouch. <laughs> yeah. Depends on what you're looking for. I still think yeah. this is the best Van Halen album I've ever heard. Yeah. But <laughs> damning with faint praise. You, you have a lot of interesting opinions. It's just, about... it's just you know, it's like when I, when I think of Van Halen, I, I, I feel like the hairs on my arms stand up. Right. Yes. That's what that's what I get out of it. And that's what um does not happen in the slightest on this one. Right. And I and I never I never got the the, the Hagar stuff either, but yeah. I, I at least had a you know, an understanding that people really went for it. Yeah. For whatever reason. Right. Yeah. Well that's the question. Who is going to like or hate this album more, Dave fans or Hagar fans? Because it's closer to Hagar. Will they be more upset that it's not Hagar or less upset? Mm. I think I think Van Hagar fans can tolerate this just fine. Van Hagar fans can tolerate mm. anything. Then, and, then, and then something you said earlier, Scott, too. I think when they went on tour that fans were, were psyched for sure. Oh, the live shows were, yeah. Because he was singing a bunch of the older stuff. Yeah. So. Oh, man. I'd like to... It's all on YouTube, like yeah. He looks yeah. like, you know, the guy from Alice in Chains, and he is doing a lot of more dancing than Hagar ever did. He's, well, he is, you know, 20 years younger and, you know, not bloated. So, yes, he's he's jumping off the walls while the rest of Van Halen is, you know, looks like the backing band for uh, Brooks and Dunn. Yeah. <laughs> so, so, yeah, you know, I, I don't know how well attended they were. I assume No, were... the tickets did not sell well, but people who came were very happy. Should yeah. we, uh... uh... That must have been, you know, R.I.P. Eddie. Oh yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah Eddie. That was that was very sad. You know, he died young, like his dad did. You know, and uh, died of cancer, which is truly he, awful. He was a yeah. He was a badass guitarist who, like, I don't know, Hendrix or he was. You know, people like people who've never heard of him are pretty directly influenced by his playing he was, style. He you, probably. Uh, you know, and I, I don't mean this as a knock on him. I think he probably uh, killed rock guitar music. Um, you know, <laughs> he made in it that, too in that, hard for people that, that, to well, do. Well, he made it. He made he he took it to a point that no one can ever get to, and so you ended up with all of these imitators either trying to do what he was doing, or or they went off in this this uh, strange sort of. Um, 
a classical direction. Yeah, like, yeah. To do better than him, you like, can't be yeah. listenable anymore. Right, right. Like, <laughs> exactly. Like Ingve like, like, Melmstein or something like that. You know, just unbelievable technique. But but it's it's not no, rock music yeah, anymore. No one's gonna be. Yeah, Eddie, Eddie was still. A rock and roll guitar player. A few That's inches to was. the to the to the side of Eddie is the cliff into the pit of, of right. insufferable jazz fusion wanking. Right, right, yeah, exactly. Yes. Which which I like, but yeah. it's a it's not rock yeah. and roll anymore. No, no, it's not rock. And and he, you know, so I I I'm comfortable say that he was the last great rock and roll guitar player. Well, yeah, I mean, who else are you going to think of after him? No, no, I mean, I can't think of anyone. There's not really been any guitar heroes. I mean, maybe well, the, not, not, as, not as a rock guitar yeah, player. Yeah, Jack White the, is, is but he's, known and influential, but it's almost though, right? yeah. more for not being as yeah, good as right. Jack, Jack White or like Tom Morello or somebody like that. Yeah, but, Tom Morello yeah, is pretty they're, they're kind of, yeah. But they're kind of deconstructing what's been done, what's right. been done before. They're not advancing. Um, yeah, yeah, Jack White's a great example. He's a back-to-basics, like... <laughs> Fuck two chords, you get like one riff. That's <laughs> yeah. the song, and like a a, a, a shitty screaming amp. Um, and yeah, Tom Morello, like it, it's this very de- deconstructionist. Like yeah. you only need these. These are just sound sounds. Yes. Um, and you know, and and Tom's very Eddie. Yeah, yeah, he, yeah, he, yeah. yeah. He can shred. Absolutely. I, I'm, I'm sure we're, we're forgetting some other people, but like, yeah, you're the Edge you, maybe, but he's sort of. Uh, same time ah, period and yeah, sort of i don't think people period. liked him as a guitar player they just you know and he was he was you know he, he, he definitely, a he definitely was unique you know yes. so that, that, that but he's that he's he's um, the, the edge is is uh uh you know shitty adrian blue or something right you know? right like, yeah, yeah. yeah he did yeah. not influence nearly um, as many people right right um Anyone yeah. who finger taps wants to be Eddie Van Halen. No one wants to be the Edge. <laughs> I, I think you're. I think you're right. I mean, you know, and then there are people like like Buckethead and yeah, they're, they're know, certainly but, great players. They're but very. They they play very to the niche. guitar player magazine yeah. subscription list, and that's it. Yeah, part of part of this. Some of the the more high flying guitar shit on on this album made me think of like other. Oh, I can see them playing this at like. Uh, at, at the Nam show or something there like this go. is Guitar Clinic kind of stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like it exists for nothing else than to show off to my show, new pedals. To show off, you know, yeah, equipment and and licks and stuff on guitar, which is fine if you're uh, a guitarist or, or a musician who's into that particular thing. But yeah, you're absolutely right, Matt. As a as a as a guitar hero. Eddie Van Halen was like could could reach people who didn't give a shit about guitar. Yeah. Um in, in through through a band that had badass songs and and well, you know big why, egos and and that's why Michael Jackson brought him in cuz he yeah. knew he was Holy crap. I think yeah, I think they uh you know uh the uh, with the Us Festival, remember yeah. that? When was that? Eighty two, eighty three? Something like I think that. Van Halen, they were the headliners. They got a million dollars to play that a gig. A million dollars for a gig in '82 or whatever. Yeah, that's how freaking huge they were. Yeah. Like it's just you know it's just unbelievable how how uh, uh, you know and that's not necessarily the measure of, of good music obviously but it, but it just it just shows you that they reached far more and Eddie's guitar playing in particular reached far more than just you know you know guitarists. I, right? I, I, yeah. I I've said this on the podcast multiple times, but we'll all be dead before electric guitars are cool again. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> it's probably or even acoustic guitars. Yeah, yeah, and he made them cool. And you know, and this is this is part of the problem. They had a too. good run. I think <laughs> you know, like with this album, I think you know, part of it is he's chasing his his legacy. You yeah, know, he's not. You know, it's like you know, you, I think I think, when think they, he doesn't want to offend the. 
the fans kind of thing? Do you think he's maybe like playing to people who yeah, expect? Yeah, right. He's trying a certain to, thing. He's trying to show uh, how developed, perhaps, and sophisticated. You know, he's, yeah, he's become. Well, like I was saying with the the shitty Holdsworth thing, and yeah. like we didn't. I, I don't. I didn't. He needs a I, top hat and monocle. Identify <laughs> a, a singular uh, solo on this, but there were a couple where it's like, oh, that's. That's more of a whole tonesy kind of thing, or that's more of a, a you know diminished kind of lick, um, that is is like more into the fusion territory yeah, than yeah. the classic Eddie stuff. And the classic Eddie stuff is very you know it's fast. It has a lot of weird dissonant notes in it, but he usually gets them by by bending things or little dive bombs and warbles. It's 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 pretty symmetrical and it's and it's pretty uh, you know uh, uh, pentatonic. Yeah, yeah. Um, he's not fully into the uh, different different scale or different mode over every single no no any- every single chord. He it, that was one of the magic things that Eddie could do is he could imply a lot of that crazy far out there guitar shit without having to really deviate from yeah like the like right. blues licks you know right. He could, and, and that's what the, you know. That's is is kind of a it's a blues well, lick with a major seventh in there every once in a while he played, in the right place. He played and all by ear. Yeah, all by ear. He, he you know he he said that that uh, when he when he learned you know when he was playing piano they were winning. He and his brother were both winning you know piano competitions and the like. And he said he said he never read. Yeah. He 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 would pretend to read, like his you know his his music teacher. He would like pretend to read so that the music teacher would you know leave him alone. Leave him alone, right? But he was doing it all. He was doing it all by ear, and I, and I think that that that's that's part of what you know, like like you know, as far as his development, you know, at, at a certain point, he's never going to get faster. He's never going to get you know more more notes per second. You know, right, exactly. You know, he's already he's already accomplished everything. But I think I think that that you know, like we were saying, if you're if you're if your head isn't in the right space and you're not relying upon say uh, um, you know uh, some kind of theoretical basis for what you're playing, if you're doing it all emotionally and off the cuff, that then you can you can generate fantastic things, but at the same but time, but there needs to be something behind it, right? If you, if, you, if right, if there's nothing there behind it, it's going to end up with this album. Yeah, that's the that's yeah. kind of the that that's that that thing. I mean, that's that's the. The, you know, especially guitar derived from the blues tradition, it's a it's a direct line to emotion. Yeah. And if your emotion is kind of meh, meh, then like yeah, people pick up on it immediately. It's it's tangible. Yeah, and it's so, like it's like a you know Joe Satriani playing Hey Joe. It just you know it's it it's he's technically can do yeah, it. Yeah, those are the right notes, just, man. You got it. Just, you learned the song. Cool. Right, but it's just not, it's not good. You know, yeah. he, he, he's got to do something different. That's right, a, that's a classic like yeah, yeah. guitar player, bass player. This is that, right. you know what they say about, you know, so-and-so it's like, he sure can play a lot of notes. You right, know, right. It's <laughs> yeah, like, like, <laughs> that's, yeah, and and Eddie Eddie was kind of a trick a trick uh, trick player too. You know, he he knew he had a huge bag of tricks. Yeah, and so you could just sort of sprinkle those in. Well, um, to to his playing, and and I, you know, it's, it's sooner or later, people they, they they've heard all your tricks. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, uh, and it's hard. I, just the, somebody like Jack White is a great example of yeah. like. You know, if you only got one or two tricks, you gotta dole them out slow. Yeah, yeah. You don't <laughs> one per album. You, you, you can't you put them all a, in one you, song. You don't use them both in the in the first solo of the first song of the set because 
yeah and that's where that's, you go from there and you're right and that's that's what this one too is like there's there's you know those those little interludes a lot of the songs have those guitar interludes that i guess taken of themselves isolated they could be impressive well they're usually better they on this album those some of the some of the just you know as the songs fading out guitar noodling crap is infinitely cooler right. than the right. five minutes six minutes a song that yes. preceded it and that i think the contrast of that makes this like a, a bit of a slog yeah it's like um yeah it's it like is. you faded out the cool part right <laughs> and i had to sit through all this filler before it and it's like you're not even gonna but yeah eddie was a master of of kind of straddling the line of is this is this fusion is this rock and roll is this is this wankery or is, is this still wank- pop? yeah is it exactly could this be magic or could it be love oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> well i guess that'll wrap it up for this one um just a reminder we do have a facebook group so if you want to chat about who you think should have sung lead for van halen we're always happy to hear that um we're on twitter and instagram and all those things still not on friendster uh and i guess tune in next time when we will try and figure out who this artist is you're way above caring your heart on your sleeve a red star of idiocy and idiot's idiocy my caring my caring for you my caring for you you're way beyond caring your heart on your sleeve, a red star of idiocy. An idiot's idiocy. By caring for you, oblivious to caring, oblivious to caring, oblivious to caring, leave a trail upon the wake that no one ever tries to take. Because waiting for you, because thinking of you, is another way of dying.